is from Luke 19, verses 28 to 40, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter, as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the goat, its owners said to them, why are you untying the goat? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sent Jesus on it. As he rode along, the people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these are silent, the stones would not shout out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord Jesus, I shudder to think what this world would be like, what I would be like if you had not come and set your face to Jerusalem, knowing there was a cross waiting for you. But I don't have to think that. None of us do. For you did come. You did set your face. And you walked into Jerusalem with a parade, not cowering, not hiding, but entering with a grand procession. You came and you made the way for us. We praise you, and we thank you for such love with our lives. Amen. Even if we only see it on television, it is an impressive sight. Twenty large Always black vehicles racing down cleared highways, rushing the President of the United States to this or that presidential appointment. Even more impressive to me is everything that happens to make these trips of only a few minutes possible. White House staff, 
Secret Service, local and state law enforcement, there are literally hundreds of people for every trip working together and preparing the way. Months before, months before, Secret Service agents check local routes for entry and exits, for potential hazards, for blind spots, for high vantage points which might pose a risk. Local police identify and visit people known to be security threats. They warn them that they are being watched. When the date nears, bomb-sniffing dogs and equipment are brought in to check parked cars. Canopies are set up wherever the president will enter or exit his heavenly armored vehicle, making sure there is no line of sight from above. Coordinators and agents are sent to every hospital in the area to make sure facilities and people are available at a moment's notice. The president is never more than 10 minutes away from a trauma hospital at any given time. Now the morning of the visit, as Air Force One lands, another almost identical plane lands at a secret location in case the primary aircraft is disabled. Highways and local roads are shut down. If the president stays in a hotel, the first three floors are cleared of guests and all electronic equipment. Hundreds of heavily armed men and women travel with him the entire way. Medics are on hand with supplies of blood in case he needs a transfusion. Nothing is left to chance. The way is absolutely, totally, utterly prepared. Isaiah tells us to prepare the way of the Lord. But Lent reminds us of the greater truth that the Lord prepares the way for us. Tell him the Lord needs it. You know, if you walk out in this parking lot after church and you see someone trying to get into your car, are you going to say, what are you doing? Yes. What if they turned to you and said, oh, but my mother needs it. Are you just going to hand them over the key and say, okay, that's fine. Tell her to enjoy it. I mean, this was 
as strange as that. A donkey back in those days was expensive and was shared among families for many different reasons. They shared the cost, the feeding, the upkeep, the care. It would be like your car nowadays, their transportation. But all they had to do, they, they knew the code. They knew the phrase, tell him the Lord needs it. Jesus had prepared the way. Verse 28, after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead. And that's what Jesus was doing all along going on ahead, setting his face to Jerusalem and to the cross. That is the great hope of Lent. It is the greatest of all good news. Our Lord still goes on ahead. And when the Lord prepares the way, it makes preparations for a presidential visit pale. When Jesus died, it was not a tragic mistake. It did not happen because one of his own betrayed him. It did not happen because of the Sanhedrin's envy and spite. Jesus did not die because Pilate was spineless or because of the soldiers' nails and spears. Never recorded in Scripture is Jesus saying, wow, I didn't see that coming. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. Jesus knew exactly what was waiting for him. And Jesus set his face because it was all part of God's plan for us, for our salvation to bring us back to God. Now think about what I just said. Three months of planning for a presidential visit compared that to God's plan for our salvation that goes back all the way to Adam and Eve. And nothing was left to chance. Do you know what it is to be able to say, Jesus still goes on ahead? When God showed up at Aldersgate and said, Ukrainian prayer vigil, well, I admit, I immediately got online. How do you run a prayer vigil? I didn't know. And the first thing I saw on every single website, no exceptions, every single one of them began with the words, six weeks before the event. 
that prayer vigil, that ministry came together in less than two weeks. Less than two weeks. After that experience, how many of us know that God prepares us for what God tells us to do? That Jesus still goes on ahead. It's a strange procession made up of the outcasts, the beggars. My goodness, when you become the permanent department head of education at Winthrop, you get a bigger parade than this one. And yet this is the parade we still stand and cherish and celebrate 2,000 years later. The cult in our story had one purpose, to carry the Lord. I love the way another pastor said it. I wish I had said it, but can't take credit for it. But I share it with you because it is so good. The gospel is alive. The gospel works. But the gospel is handicapped. It can't walk on its own. The gospel needs colt legs to carry it. The gospel needs a colt back on which to ride. The gospel can't talk. It needs a colt voice so it can be heard. Today, Jesus invites us to untie some colts. To untie some colts for the kingdom. This colt had never been ridden. Is this an invitation to ministries we have never tried? To untie some colts in our lives and witness in new ways to people we've never reached out to before? Knowing, believing, trusting with all in our hearts that Jesus still goes on ahead and prepares the way? Is that how our praise stays real? Not by just waving palms, but by serving the Lord with gladness. Amen.